Welcome to A Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. And I'm your host, Jen. This week, we're going to be discussing our rewatch of the Discovery premiere, and also talking a bit about our most fave and least faves of the Star Trek premieres that we've watched. I have a lot to say about my least fave. <laughs> I was <laughs> anticipating some ranting, Caitlin. So, uh, the only bit of Star Trek news that I have heard this week was that CBS has ordered two seasons of a half-hour Star Trek animated comedy series. How do you feel about this? I feel slightly conflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember precisely the animated series that the showrunner for this has worked on before, but it's not a children's animated series that he's done before. Mm-hmm. And the article didn't specifically say the tone of it, like if mm-hmm. it was going to be Mar- but I yeah. really want something to help introduce my kids to Star Trek. So right. that part disappoints me. I'm just looking up the showrunner, dude. And oh, I'm not okay. liking what I'm seeing. Okay. I don't watch a lot of adult animated comedy series. I've never watched a lot of adult animated comedy series. So I am not a great judge for what quality or what tone or things to expect. Okay, well, he's done some writing on Rick and Morty, which a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Oh, okay. And he was a production assistant on South Park, which... Eh. Uh, He has written one of the short tracks. Okay, did it say which one? The Escape Artist. Okay, so that is the one with Mud. Yeah. So I guess we will see how we like that. But his Mm -hmm. track record points to not doing an animated series for children. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, did I even say his name? It was Mike McCann. Mike McCann. There's an H in there. I don't know how to pronounce that. Okay. So, yeah, it's cool. And I like that they ordered two seasons because that shows confidence in, Mm -hmm. you know, the Star Trek universe they're going for. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure it's going to be for me. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. But we'll see. I'm worried that they're trying to appeal to the Rick and Morty crowd, which is not a crowd I would want in a fandom that I'm in. Okay. (laughs) That is fair. And I have not seen any of Rick and Morty, so I'm not the best judge. And I almost wonder if they're also trying to get some overlap with people who enjoyed the Oroville last year. But again, I'm the worst judge of this. I shouldn't be saying anything because I have not seen either the Orville or Rick and Morty. <laughs> so the thing about Rick and Morty is it's a fine show, but the people who love it don't like they like the characters unironically. They don't understand that they're actually just terrible people. Right. You know what right. I mean? And it, is it, this the whole Szechuan sauce yeah. fandom thing? Okay, yeah. yeah, I've heard a lot of stories that seem to be very like toxic masculinity based for the fandom which doesn't mean that the whole fandom is that way but i also don't think that we need to invite those fandom crowds into star trek yeah i use the term fandom specifically the people who casually like the show fine it's a well-written show Mm. but the people who are into it no thank you Mm. okay 
All right. From my personal experiences. Right. Right, right. Uh, the last few weeks have been good for me personally in a Star Trek sense. Okay. Just because I ordered some stuff. Um, so there's an artist based out of Australia. It's Lee Draws Stuff. And I have tweeted and shared on Instagram some of his stuff. He's doing a Star Trek 365 project. Mm-hmm. And he sold a set of um, reproductions of his Women of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So it's a 25 card set. And it's got his little illustrations of various women who have been in Star Trek, which arrived this week, which was really cool. Very excited about that. And I have to figure out how I'm going to keep them. And then I ordered Star Trek earrings. Um, Yeah, it's from a little uh, uh, jewelry designer. She makes jewelry and armor because it's like metal scales. So the earrings have like a Star Trek symbol etched onto them. And then there's a blue and silver and a gold and silver set. And then I got crafty yesterday and I made myself a disco shirt. Oh, cool. Yeah. You should link me to this store. Yes, I can do that. It's North Coast Armor, I believe is what it's called. And I've gotten a dragon bracelet from her before. So she is Northeast US. And... I will definitely throw up some links for that because, yeah, she now has access to a place that can etch things onto her scales. So there's not just Star Trek. There's a whole bunch of stuff like um, she's got some Halloween and Christmas lines out right now. Um, She's got the ability to make her dragon scales look more scaly and things like that. Some of it's really cool. So I will definitely be sharing links. The very first thing I saw on her page was, of course, a bikini. (laughs) Yes, and she does do all of that work as well. So she does bikinis. She does Ooh, gauntlets. She bags. does all sorts of things. Oh, yes, dice bags. Oh, my God. Those are cool. Yeah. yeah. She's got microscope earrings. Oh, I haven't Sorry. seen those. I don't need to be shopping right now, but apparently I am. I also got uh, Eevee earrings. Not Star Trek related. That's Pokemon related. Ah. I, I will share some pictures and links and things like that after this episode airs. I would say that I will have a link in the show notes, but every other time I've said that, I've forgotten to do it. <laughs> so, so look for maybe look for our Twitter feed. Yeah, to find links and photos. Yeah. So, shall we get into the premiere? Yes. Let's discuss it. Now, did you... You actually rewatched it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I almost forgot. <laughs> How could you? Well, I, I guess just, I had a lot to do last night, and then I was like, nope, can't do any of it. I have to watch Star Trek. <laughs> okay. So, how did you enjoy the rewatch? Now, we both enjoyed this the first time we watched it. Mm-hmm. So, some of it I really liked. Mm-hmm. Again, like... Every anytime Michelle Yeo spoke, it was good. Mm-hmm. She's a great captain, and I'm sad that we didn't get more of her as captain, mm-hmm. as like as prime. Her, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I found it difficult to watch the bits where Burnham was making poor choices because I knew what was going to happen this time, and I was like, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" Ah. Oh yeah, right there with you. I was once again struck by the fact that her actions absolutely had no consequences. 
on like what like like not, her 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 mutiny lasted all of 30 seconds she didn't actually get to do anything nothing happened but every like if she had not mutinied everything would have played out with the war the exact same way so it was not her fault at all and that bothers me knowing how she takes like the fact that she mutinied i get that she had to be punished for that anyways mm -hmm. but like the fact that everybody blames her for the war later like and hate her for it like right that it bothers me so much. She's definitely we a bit of a scapegoat. Yeah. Since, I mean, even the captain says that they lured them to a massacre. Mm-hmm. And that did not have anything to do with Michael. Like, I, I don't even understand how, like, somebody on her crew must have reported her afterwards. Because everybody was dead. Y you know? Or she must have reported herself. I can see Michael doing that. Reported herself or, you know, things like somebody being locked in the brig, I'm sure, entered in the ship log. I can see that, but I can't see them worrying about getting those logs right then. Well, not right then, but I imagine shortly after. Anyways, but it just anyway. bothers me. Mm -hmm. um, that I can see you know, Saru reporting her. I can see Saru reporting her also and her being like, okay with that. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure, because she does blame herself. Mm -hmm. But um, it just, it all would have been exactly the same. <laughs> so anyways, that that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, what else? Although I mean, like yeah. her, her goal, like her motivation is to avoid war. But the apparent actions she takes are on the surface at odds with that. Like, trying, well, she, trying to explain that, yeah, I'm trying to avoid war, and so I thought a good way to do that was to fire on this alien vessel. Um, honestly, I actually agree with her. Because watching it this time, and knowing what happens and everything, if they had just fired on Takuma's vessel, because he was still talking to the other leaders at that point, and trying to get them to show up. Yeah. So if suddenly he was dead, they probably wouldn't have bothered <laughs> So everything would have been fine, or if they would have, she would have fired on him, and then they would have. Been, the other Klingon leaders would have just been like, "Oh, you're just trying to call us here to save your skin. Why would we do that?" Yeah, you know. Bye. So I honestly think her plan was a good one. It yeah, wasn't. I, it I, wasn't a Starfleet one. I will say that. Mm -hmm. But I would be interested to see how things would have played out if they would have followed her advice as soon as she suggested it, because part of what I think plays against her is like the timing of how it all happened like you're just sitting there nobody's done anything and then you know the Klingons are talking and like arranging things and then it is after she targets that they respond like that's how it seems yeah but if she had done it much sooner then it might have thrown them off it might have prevented things I don't I don't know it's hard to say yeah but I, I mean, be, yeah. I think the show wants us to feel that way. Yeah. Well, as much as people blame her for what she did, uh, and even uh, I've completely forgotten Michelle Yeoh's character's name, as per usual. Philippa Giorgio? Yeah, Giorgio. There we go. Yeah. Like, she, I feel like it's a bit of a two-way street between the two of them. Because, you know, Michael, you know, attacked her and knocked her out and mutinied. Mm -hmm. But... After everything that they'd done together, she didn't, like, there was, no, I didn't think there was any trust there. She didn't even give it 
thought that maybe she was coming from a logical, intelligent place. Now, maybe she actually wasn't. I don't know. Michael admits that she does, doesn't know either. Mm-hmm. But he, I feel like they both kind of acted poorly there under the stress. So, which is fair. But anyways, mm-hmm. the whole situation just bothers me. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to be very, very interested to see how they pick up uh, the ramifications of everything that's happened in season two. Mm-hmm. I also, um, I'd forgotten, like, just so much has happened with these people since this episode. Mm-hmm. That I'd yep. sort of forgotten where we all began. And I wish, I wish it had been a longer season. Because I feel like they set the plot for more things to happen, but then didn't have time for it all. Yes, I was reading a brief interview with uh, Wilson Cruz this morning, mm-hmm. um, and that was one of the things that he said was that like he knew there was things coming in season two by the time they filled the end of season one. Yeah, and uh, I think that probably helped inform his choices. And right. so they definitely have all these things in mind that they've set up here that you know, never didn't get resolved in season one. Well, even just things that did get resolved in season one, but felt very rushed. Mm. Like, um, I wish that the whole crazy relationship with Valk had more time and more finesse. Yes. Because seeing this, them fighting and their like first interactions here. And also what's her face? The woman Klingon. Laurel. Lorel, I don't even remember her being there when I first, probably because I didn't know who she was, mm. but she was all throughout, and I was like, oh, crazy, I don't remember you. Yeah. Um, I I just wish that they had had more time to do that, again, like I said, with more finesse, because I think it could have been so much better. Yes. That whole, because even when she discovered he was a Klingon, like, she was upset about that mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. But they didn't even really go into the fact that he was the one there, like, that she had killed her, his, uh, like, mentor, like, the only Klingon who had ever been nice to him. Yeah. And they, and the fact, and his mentor, this guy that he, like, worshipped, literally, killed her mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, and they didn't really even go into that dynamic of it, and I think that would have been more interesting than, oh, no, you're a Klingon. Right. Yeah, I think they didn't do a lot of that stuff in favor of focusing on Michael's character, which which I think was also not handled as well as it could have been because mm-hmm. they relied a lot on flashbacks. Right. And like I'm thinking of that whole episode that was basically her flashing to uh Sarek. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, did we really need that episode in this season? Well, that, the first half of this season mm-hmm. feels like they thought they would have more time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And and I'm still going to stand by what I initially said, where, you know, I do like these two episodes. They still feel like a prequel to me. Yeah. And even, like, the very first bit of the episode, I mean, it starts with the Klingon stuff. That's I'm feeling more accepting of that. But then the first mission where you see Michael and Giorgio, did we need that? Well, it was supposed to, it, 
did we need it? No, but it was supposed to set up that they are friends as well as colleagues, you know, and that Michael was going to be, you know, that Georgia trusted her to move up the ranks or whatever. So I can see where maybe we didn't need it, but it set the it set the stage. Yeah. I just think that it if you couldn't show that in interactions with them actually in the action, it didn't need to be there. Like the only there's no other event in that scene with them on the planet that informs the rest of the plot of season one. Oh, no. So, And I, I don't like that scene. I think it's very poorly written and therefore poorly acted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I presume it was like the first thing they filmed because it was on location and everything. So they probably did that before going to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody was still like getting into themselves, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, and, but I do think they probably needed something there that was not the action. Just to show that they are a crew doing Starfleet things. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But the crew, like most of the crew that they have on this ship, the Shenzhou, Shen, Shenzhou, um, like the show is called The Discovery, right? So like yeah. that's my other issue with it is like you're not even starting off on the ship. So like the entire thing feels like a prequel to me. Um, It would have been nice to have had like to have just jumped into her. Because the, on the prison transport in this in the third episode, the people there are filling in that, oh, she's the mutineer. So many people died in the battle, blah, 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 blah. Like, it gives you a sense of that when she's talking to Tilly in that episode. You know, she's like Captain Giorgio. She was, and like, she speaks to that friendship. Like, it just feels like these whole two episodes were, I mean, in and of themselves, in an enclosed story and everything like that, were fine, but are essentially just an extended flashback. I don't disagree, but Mm -hmm. I think it's good that we got it. Maybe it would have been better in the middle of the season. Right. And shorter, not two episodes. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's important that we saw that background with uh, Giorgio and Michael so that we know why she makes the decision later Mm -hmm. to save Mirror Giorgio. Giorgio, Mirror Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying. I can't. Yeah. Um, because if you don't have that motivation, why would she have done what she did? Like, that was all guilt-based. Right. Hmm. So, I don't disagree. And, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. do think it would have been better, sort of, a mid-season flashback type of thing. You know, have an episode that covers what happened. Although you would have hated that, but <laughs> still. Yeah. Um, I do think that, like, these two episodes, like I said, in and of themselves, if you just, like, put them in their own capsule, maybe cut that away mission and cut off the judgment bit at the end where Michael gets sentenced, they feel like a really good Star Trek episode. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked all the space battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. liked all the Klingon versus Starfleet stuff. That was good. Like, mm-hmm. and not just in battle, but, like, ideology. Right. Um, and I liked all the characters. And I noticed something. Uh, Saru's eyes change color, which I didn't notice the first time. His sometimes, eyes change color? Yeah. Sometimes, I swear, they were like green. And sometimes they were the normal sort of pale, hmm. whatever they are. Now you have me doubting, but I swear they changed color. 
No, no, I was just gulping some tea. Um, no, I think I remember them saying that they were doing tweaks to his uh, prosthesis design. So I wonder if that was part of it, that they were going, like, that they didn't catch that when they were going through. Maybe. And it was the different choices. Or I wonder if they just, we haven't noticed and they do that the whole time. Yeah, I'd be curious. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Caitlin's insane. Like, that's a viable, viable choice. That's yeah, option number three. Yeah. But, yeah, mostly I just realized how much I wished we'd had more time to have all the, like, promises that they give you in this first episode come to conclusion with more details. Mostly between her and Valk. I That was just very rushed, and I feel like it could have been much better. Yeah, I, I agree. And I wish we'd gotten more Captain Giorgio. Yes. Yeah, seeing these two episodes makes me so sad for the Captain that we're never going to get Yeah. after. Like, I um, I love Mirror, Mirror, I cannot say that word, Mirror Georgiou. <laughs> Those two things together fuck me up. I really like, you know, good Captain Georgiou also. It just, I think, goes to highlight how good an actress Michelle Yeoh is. Because, yeah. you know, Prime Georgiou was a fully-fledged character there. Yeah. You know, like, it didn't feel like she was trying to get her bearings on the character. It was like, she's there. Yeah. And then Mirror Georgiou, again, is the same thing. Fully-fledged character. And I like, I don't know, now now that I, well, maybe I'm just putting this into it, but I like their similarities as well as their differences. Because they're both, you know, good leaders. They both filled something in for, for Michael that she was looking for. Right. You know, and they both have mm-hmm. affection for the same person. Mm-hmm. We so have to go interesting. Rewatch all the end. Like I'll probably rewatch the whole season one now. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. I had to stop myself after I rewatched for this recording. I did watch episode three, and then I was going to keep going, and I was like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm going to get fuzzy on what happened when if I just keep going. Yeah. Uh, but I will jump back in after we record this. Um, and rewatch all those because a lot of those end ones I only watched once or twice. And you know what? Maybe there was no judgment from on high in this one, but Michael was judged by a council. Okay. So it's got judgment in there, not from a godlike alien, but you know, from a godlike uh... shadowy figure. <laughs> From a godlike organization. Yeah. You could say. Okay, so shall we uh, transition here into talking about our most and least faves of the Star Trek premieres? Sure. Okay. I put up a list here, but we can tackle this in whatever order you feel like. Least fave overall, Enterprise. <laughs> uh, hmm... Least fave overall was Enterprise. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's it's a toss-up for me between The Cage and Enterprise. Uh, the Cage had an interesting story. <laughs> Enterprise was just boring as shit. Okay. Okay. And, and, and had, see. like, The Cage also had, like, you know, that fun campiness on it. Enterprise was just bad. True. True. I wonder how we're going to see uh, Enterprise in 
you know, 20 years time, if it's going to feel campy <laughs> or if it'll still just feel bad. But anyways, okay. So least fave overall. Do you have a most fave overall? I mean, Discovery. Yeah. I have a real fondness for the premiere of Deep Space Nine, Emissary. Yeah, I will say close second would be Voyager. Okay. Okay. I think I would have to go with Deep Space Nine as my most fave. That makes sense for you. Yeah. It's on brand, right? Yes. Um, Crew introductions. Do you get what I was thinking when I wrote that? Okay. Yeah. Well, we don't really meet anybody in Discovery. I know, and that's one of my issues, that this is not the actual premiere that it should be. (laughs) Um, You know, probably Enterprise. No, sorry. uh, Next Gen. Okay. I was thinking that they were on the Enterprise. (laughs) Anyways, Next Gen. Um, Just because because I did watch it as a kid, and it was fun, like, watching everybody. I, I don't think I'd ever seen the premiere when I was a kid. Right. So it was fun watching them all meet each other. I would pick uh, Next Gen for my fave as well because it is it does have a sp- sense of fun and playfulness to it mm-hmm. as they're all meeting, right? Like mm-hmm. it's this bright and shiny sort of, you know, station that they're on and there's all and these they, cu- cute little character moments. and Yeah, and they use it to showcase different, like some of them meet on the station, some of them meet on the ship, some of them meet in the holodeck. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get to see different parts of the world building and different, and some of them have different histories together and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I liked the way that they did that. Yeah. Uh, least fave for that. Probably Discovery, because you don't meet anybody. Well, yeah. I think they do a pretty good job of it in Discovery in episode three. Yeah. But. Yeah. Although in Enterprise, I hate everyone. <laughs> and they're all just assholes to each other. So... I didn't enjoy that one either. Oh, God, fuck that scene with the dog. <laughs> I can hear his snarky tone of voice and I'll punch him in the face. I want to put most and least fave pet on here now, except that we didn't watch episodes with the various pets of Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's a good idea for a, a season two hiatus. A pets of Star Trek theme. I mean, the tardigrade is the best. <laughs> Obviously. Okay, so least fave crew introductions. I don't think they really had that in the original series either. No, everybody just sort of knew each other. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead with the least fave being Enterprise. Because it's terrible. Because it was terrible. Well, and it was like it had the sexist bits with the, uh, you know, weapons officer. and And then it had this whole thing where it seemed like like the captain knew Hoshi. Yeah. And then it was like, no, no, they didn't. That was just like, uh, why did you write it that way? <laughs> it was just bad. Yep. Yep. Okay. Theme song. Favorite or least favorite? Uh, whichever you want to go for first. Uh, my favorite would be Discovery. Okay. And my least favorite would be Enterprise. You be, For least favorite, we can just put Enterprise, like, down the <laughs> list. Don't need to talk about it. Just goddamn that show. I was wondering about your opinion on the acting, so we'll wait for that one. But, um, <laughs> uh, okay, so most fave theme song. I am going to go with Discovery on this one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't go with Deep Space Nine because I like their second version of their theme song, which you don't get in the premiere of Deep Space Nine, sadly. Gotcha. Although the Voyager theme song comes a really close second for me. See, I don't even remember it. 
but I remember the Discover one possibly because I listened to it this morning. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been binge watching some Voyager. Gotcha. So it's, it's present in my mind and it is incredibly beautiful. But I do remember hating the Enterprise one. It's easy to do. Yeah. 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 Um, my least fave theme song is going to be a tie between the original series and Enterprise. The only two with sung parts to them. I don't remember the original series one at all. Oh, it is mostly orchestral, but I think it's the closing credit one that has, like, the woman singing. She's not actually singing words. She's just singing, like, oh. <laughs> okay, right, yes. Yeah, yes. okay, yeah. Now that you do that, okay. Yeah. It's it's not it's not the same type of singing. No. Uh, most and least fave plot. Now, like you said, there is an overall judging theme going on with Star Trek. Ooh, maybe that's why I like it. I get judgy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, my least fave. I will go in and say Enterprise as well. well yeah. Okay. Least fave Enterprise. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Then, absolutely it made no sense everybody was a shithole yeah and then most fave nothing particularly stands out okay like not the cage not next gen everything is just kind of like meh i like the i mean i guess that yours is deep space nine yes it is <laughs> i like the ambition that they had with discovery but i don't feel like they quite got what they wanted you know mm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and Voyager just sort of felt like it was trying to be next gen. And Deep Space felt like it was trying not to be next gen. Okay. <laughs> but not quite making it. Those are fair categorizations, I guess. And so I don't, I don't really have one that really stood out as being like, yes, this one is good. So it's like a, what is that, a four-way tie? Yeah. <laughs> For madness? They all had different different things that I liked and different things that I disliked. Other than Enterprise, which was a shithole. And, like, and again, I can't even really fault the original series because they were trying to be really ambitious at the, for the time. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah. So everything's got pros and cons. Except right. for Enterprise, which is shit. Okay. Uh... Now, the next one, most and least fave location. So this is what I'm talking about, like, either the ship or the space station. Because they always try and have, like, this grand scene where sort of you get the... Yeah. You get to feel an awe of, of it. I did really love the space battle in Discovery. It doesn't, like, it. I watched this this morning. Like, I watched one episode last night and one this morning. Mm -hmm. So Discovery is fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I did really like... Uh, the 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 big space battle, mm -hmm. um, but again, you, like you've said, you don't get to meet the discovery, mm -hmm. so that sucks. Mm -hmm. yeah. I did like the space station in Deep Space Nine, and okay. how much you get to see of it, and get to sort of see where everybody fits in. Right. You know, I thought, and what the whole sort of they did good. They did a good job of taking the set and the characters and introducing them in a way that really told you what the show was going to be. Right. Yeah. So. The the location was almost treated like a, a, a characterization. Yeah. It it really set it apart. Yeah. And I think they did they did a really good job. Mhm. Mm yeah. Obviously, my most fave is also Deep Space 9. Yeah. And my least fave is Enterprise cuz if 
people remember our episode about that, I did. Did I rant about it on the episode now? Now I'm questioning my memory. I don't remember. Whether I just thought about ranting about it or did actually rant about it. I may not have left you any time to do any ranting because I was too busy. That could be. But just like even any of the, the scenes where you would expect a grand sweeping shot of like the whole ship, they cut up and chopped up so that you would get like a little scene of it, but you wouldn't get an entire view of the ship. Hmm. So I just, yeah, it, it bothered me. Cause I was like, okay, well at least we're now going to get like a really good view of the ship that they're on an enterprise or something. And I was like, no, or they're going to edit it and cut the scene there. All right. That's a choice. Yeah. I would say obviously least favorite, uh, them also, uh, enterprise, mm-hmm. because I honestly don't remember a single set, mm. you know, like, or a single location. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed in that when we watched the Enterprise premiere, uh, just because the ship, as I recall from my memory when I watched the show, had some different sort of layouts and elements to it. Mm -hmm. And so I was surprised when in the premiere, they were like, they weren't doing anything to sort of showcase that. Yeah. Where we got an entire whole scene of the stupid toy ship that it was in the flashbacks. I was like, yeah, badly done. Anyways. Yeah, and they talked so much about the ship in that one because, like, his dad was a part of designing it or making it, wasn't he? Yep. Or something. They talked so much about it, and then you never really get to see it. That is bullshit. And I think we see a scene of Archer, like, looking at the ship. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was expecting, like, a, a panning of the camera to, like, so we could also be looking appreciatively and in awe of the ship and they were just like no we're just gonna cut it i love that this is like two right months there. later and we're still fucking angry <laughs> i know yep uh do you have a most fave and a least fave captain my most favorite captain mm-hmm. is Giorgio because i love her yes some of that might be because i love michelle yeo but whatever yeah and archer is the devil incarnate yeah we're gonna be on the same page with that one Miley. <laughs> My least fave captain. Oh, well, you know what, though? Pike is pretty bad in the original series. Like, he is sexist. He's an asshole. The thing is about Pike. Yeah? I don't remember it. Like, it didn't stick in my memory. Okay. You know? Archer? So, oh, he, I, like, dug himself in there. and I, Okay. I think I'll keep with the Archer. Uh, just because I think Pike does a better job as a captain like i mm. think his choices are better okay as a captain and then my most fave is gonna be Giorgio. okay um just also to that i feel like pike felt like like um hmm, how to explain like he was sexist because he was because that's how he was archer felt like he was a dick to these people in particular you know what i mean hmm it, like hmm. and, I'm not and sure always, that's better for me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I don't know if it's better, but the second one got under my skin more. Mm, okay. I may also be biased by what I've seen so far of Anson Mount as Captain Pike for the season two stuff coming up. That's fair. That may be biasing my judgment. I suppose what I mean is that Pike felt like a product of his time. Archer felt like a dickhead. Okay. I see what you're saying. And, but I didn't want to put it that way originally because I don't want to give Pike the excuse. Right. You know? it's, it's not really an excuse. I mean, sexism yeah. was wrong then and as it is yeah. now. 
And I'm sure there were men back there who weren't sexist assholes, Mm -hmm. you know, being a product of their time or not. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to put it that way, but now I have. Okay. Uh, Do you have a most fave or least fave episode for the special effects? I mean, Discovery has the best special effects. It is That is a little bit of an unfair one, just because, of course, Discovery being the newest and I'm pretty sure having the largest budget even factoring in inflation factors. Yeah. So... But, like, the fact that they were just like, yeah, we're going to have a space battle episode, well, episode two, technically. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, all that. I loved that. Um, And also, we've seen that whole series, and we know that the special effects continue to be good, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. Like, it's not like they blew their whole budget on their premiere. Right. My least favorite would uh, be Enterprise. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're, like, the most new since then. But they don't feel it. They've, you know, and not just the special effects, but, like, everything in that that series felt cheap. Okay. Okay. And Um, and looked cheap and, like, it would, like, it just, I didn't enjoy it. This feels like a particularly hard category for me because I have a certain affection for the campy special effects from the original series. Like, if if I have to watch the original series, I am going to be watching for, like, the synchronized lurching when the ship experiences a, a hit from a battle or the uh, fighting scenes where they do the uh, the stage fighting type of stuff. And it just makes me laugh. I, I also enjoy that. That's why it's not my least favorite. Okay. Okay. So yeah, most fave and least fave. But uh, like I'm saying, for like special effects, that could be a way for it to be uh, like even higher for their effects than other shows. Right. But yeah, Discovery's effects were were particularly beautiful. So I'll put that as my most fave. And my least fave, I guess I will do with Enterprise as well. Because even, like, I was thinking about Voyager, Deep Space Nine, but yeah. Even their no. practical effects looked bad. Like, the ships that they built looked like paper. You know? Like, it was just terrible. Or, like, their jungle scene looked... Yeah. Very fake. And then the last one that I came up with on the list was like your most and least fave acting performance. Are we going for a show or an individual? An individual was what I had in mind. Okay. But you could also, we could do the show. I mean, my least favorite is Enterprise. <laughs> yes. Um, my least favorite individual would, I mean, it's got to be Archer. Okay. Even when he was trying to be sincere, I was just like, dude. I, I wasn't sure if Cisco's performance was going to win it out for you because you were pretty critical about <gasps> his. <laughs> I forgot. You're right. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd completely buried that. It was bad. Oh, but I didn't, like, hate him as a human person. That's why I was. Uh. <laughs> okay. So I'm glad I reminded you. <laughs> of how much you hated his acting performance oh my god i'd forgotten about it and now it's like all i can think about when i think of deep space nine yeah i'm sorry that's gotta win it's got to because at least okay when archer was being a dick i felt like he was being a dick you know with cisco it was just like dude what the fuck <laughs> okay oh my god now all i can picture is that goddamn beach scene oh that was terrible <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Yep. Okay. 
for most favorite individual, it's going to be a tie between uh, Giorgio and Picard. Okay. Yeah. Having just watched Discovery, Giorgio's right up there at the top of the list for me. Mm-hmm. But Picard, I could see being up there in that caliber as well. He just does such a good job with, like, the weirdest shit. You know? <laughs> he, 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 he just does. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad that he is getting another chance to reprise the character. True. Um, and then least fave acting for me. Um, hmm. God, when he's calling for his dead wife. Fuck. <laughs> it was so bad. How did I forget? I love it. <laughs> so oh, it was so bad. I I don't see it as a a bad performance necessarily. Um, I'm trying to think if one stands out for me as particularly bad. Um, like I'm thinking there might be a few like Voyager, like yeah. There was that whole bit in Voyager where the dude was trying to save the dude on the stairs, and he oh. was like talking him through. That was that was not great. That was oh, not yeah. good acting with Chakotay and Paris. Sure. I actually think Robert Beltran might uh, get my worst performance. Which least fave. That? Least fave performance. I'm not going to say, you know, good or bad. Which, which one? Uh, that? that he plays Chakotay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I will I will give that as my least fave, especially because of all of the issues of, like, uh, uh, indigenous representation and things like that in there as well. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I can feel good with that. Are there any other most and least faves that you want to talk about, Kate? Um, no. Let's never watch Enterprise again. <laughs> Not even for our pets of Star Trek series. No, I've told you that if you make me watch Enterprise again, I'm okay. never helping edit a show again. Okay. It's all on you. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that is your that punishment. Is a, that's a good motivator. <laughs> I can't do it. You can show me a picture of the beagle. Okay. I'll just send you still images yeah. of the beagle. That will be how we evaluate it. Okay. So those were our most and least faves. Um, if any of our listeners have a most or least fave from any of the premiere episodes of the Star Trek seasons that they want to share with us, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or by email. Our email is a command of her own at gmail.com and our Twitter is at command of her own. Now, Kate, mm-hmm. do you have any recommendations this week? Um, yes. Okay. I baked a good loaf. It was real yummy. <laughs> it was- you baked a few good loaves. The pumpkin chocolate chip one though was particularly delicious. Once again, oh, okay. if I remember, I will link that recipe in the show notes. It was like <laughs> pumpkin pie in loaf form with some chocolate oh. chips. Oh, that does sound good. And the recipe said semi-sweet, but you know I put milk chocolate. In fact, here's mm. a general recommendation to anybody following a recipe. When it says semi-sweet, don't do that. Do either milk <laughs> or dark. Semi-sweet tries to be both and doesn't quite get either of them. If you want that good deep bitter chocolate you know do the dark chocolate if you want that sweetness do the milk chocolate semi-sweet is a cop-out i'm all right. passionate about my chocolate chips apparently okay kate has some opinions about baking people that i do <laughs> that just made it sound like you have opinions about you know baking people <laughs> <laughs> well that too i suppose 
my recommendation this week would be to support uh, some local artists. And by local, I mean like, you know, the internet's a big place. Uh, but support independent artists for things, for people making things and creating things that are in your fandom and geeky and that you're passionate about. I agree. So, yeah. And I will try and put links to the particular artists that I just got my Star Trek stuff from. And if people come across more local artists, or I should stop saying local artists, if people come across more independent artists who are creating things, uh, of course, legally within, you know, copyright means, uh, please feel free to send links our way as well. And I will signal boost them. Yes, I only buy legal things. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's in this day of like, digital reproduction, it's very easy for people to unethically make reproductions of other people's intellectual properties. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sure. Yes, absolutely that. So. Uh, I thought so, you more, like, technically, if you go to a convention and you're in Artist's Alley, 90% of that should not be being sold. <laughs> but, eh, nobody seems to care. I don't know. It's very complicated. It depends a lot of it probably depends on the particular legalities of, um, like, if you draw something inspired by a fandom as fan art, that is your creation inspired by something else. If you take a screenshot from a still episode of a show and mass produce it on a notebook cover... Uh, like, okay, yeah, that's wrong. But the, the, <laughs> that first thing that you said... If you yeah. draw a character that's trademarked and then you sell it and Disney and or whatever is not getting a piece of that, that's illegal. And that oh, is right. all that's happening in Artist Alley. But nobody seems to worry about it. I've never understood hmm. how this works. I just benefit. If people, if people who are more knowledgeable about copyright law want to send us an email <laughs> to clarify these murky legal matters. Yeah. Please go right ahead. Anyways. Okay, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments you would like to share, you can contact us at a command of her own at gmail.com or at command of her own on Twitter. And we're also on Instagram, where you can find us at instagram.com slash a command of her own. Um, Kate, did we need to mention that we are now also findable on Spotify? We are indeed findable on Spotify. Yes. So now you can not only subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice, but you can also listen to us over on Spotify. And we're on Google Play or and whatever. <laughs> yes. I've never on- ever used Google Play. I, I just sort of clicked the button that said, yes, put us there. So I don't know what's going on over on Google Play. Okay. And our next episode... We are going to be discussing the first two Short Treks episodes in more detail. By that time, the second episode, the second Short Treks episode will have aired. Yes. And so we're going to talk about the first two of them. Okay. Now is where we say bye. Okay. Uh, See you all next week. Uh, Next. Oh, fuck me. (laughs) See you all next time. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.